0: if you're visiting us this morning you're really welcome hope you enjoy being with us and it's great to see you as well maybe catch you at the end of and said hello already and uh, question for you have you ever been invited on some kind of an adventure okay could be could be, you know, far away, could be close to home. There's a good friend of mine, Anthony. We've known each other from school, and uh, he likes a good adventure. He knows we're all in the Gower and um, different places where all the, like, ruins and the different sites are and uh, the history and things. And so every now and again, he'll give me a call or a text. i you find fancy going on a walk here. And um, back in around 2014, 2015, uh, I came up with an idea. I said, why don't we go and see King Arthur's Stone? I don't know if you've seen anyone here seen King Arthur's stone before in the Gower? Gal- oh, not many. Well, next time is a nice day, get out to the Gower, Gal- see King Arthur's stone. Now, when I was about 10 years old, we went on like a school trip or something to find King Arthur's stone, and it must have taken us hours to find it, okay? So in my mind, I thought, oh, this would be great. You know, I hadn't you know, been there before, but, you know, I think it was September the end of the summer, you know, nice evenings. We'll go for a nice long walk. We'll find King Arthur's stone. What I didn't realize is that actually you could pretty much just drive to it or park outside, <laughs> So we set off, and our adventure lasted all of 15 minutes before we found King Arthur's Stone. So my 10-year-old memory was very inaccurate. And then Anthony said, oh, I know there's somewhere down near Oxwich, um, you know, where there's this ruin or something. Why don't we go and walk over there? So we set off, and we started on our walk down. Oh, there we are. Look. We took, you've got to take photos. of news. And uh, so we set off down to Oxwich. We were walking along. And so we kinda went, we'd parked in North Gower, we had come up to King Arthur's Stone. Now we come down to South Gower. We were walking towards Oxwich. We were catching up, we were chatting, we hadn't seen each other all summer. And around maybe like 9:30, quarter to ten, we noticed that the sun was not just setting, it was virtually set. And we realized we'd been walking for about three hours. And it was like, oh, we need to get back to our cars. And so we turned around and started heading back. And by this time, it was... It was pitch black and so this is the photos we took on the way back so luckily it was a full moon we did try to, it doesn't come out well on photos is it? and so we were walking back in the pitch black we didn't get lost we knew where we were going but we did probably get home around 12:30 at night so that was a little bit of an adventure so if i ask you to go on an adventure on a walk with me that's i'm pre-warned you now to what may happen okay But it's not just walks, it's not just, you know, things of that nature. Maybe someone asks you, oh, do you want to come and try this new restaurant and you go somewhere new? Or do you want to come on a road trip? I've got an errand to run, do you want to come with me? Or maybe you go to a new venue or you try something out. There's all different types of adventures that we get invited on that we get to join in with. Now today, um, we're at the start, we're in between series. We're about to start a new, we've got baptisms next week and then we're going to start a new series the week after. So we're in between but today I felt that God really wanted to encourage us, that He's got an invitation for us to some new adventures with Him in the places that we're in. So not necessarily to go somewhere else or you know change jobs or something of that nature, but in our day-to-day lives, where we are right now, He wants to draw close to us and He wants to partner with us to do some new things through our lives to bring his goodness and his love and his blessing into our lives and through us into the places where we find ourselves, you know, in our work or where we are day to day. And as we do this, as we join in, he wants to bring us a fresh experience of his joy, of his excitement, and to experience new purpose in the places and in the ordinary things. There'll be an opportunity to grow, to grow in our faith, to grow in our experience of Jesus, to try new things, to step into new things. i got a couple of verses which I think um, are kind of us to take away as we think about what I'm talking about today and and think about them through the week. And one is this from Psalm 27. This is David writing, and in the middle of a prayer, he says, my heart has heard you say, talking to God, my heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. And Jesus said to us and to his followers, seek the kingdom of God above all else. So we'll unpack these in a little bit. Now, I remember one occasion where I had this kind of experience of a new adventure with Jesus right in the middle of where I was already at. And it was when I was going from year 10 into year 11 at school. And so I was around 15 years old. And at the time, I'd begun to... um, Step and take my faith seriously for myself as a young person. It was the first time, kind of around that summer, around that age, where I thought, you know what, I, I need to decide for myself, what do I believe? And is Jesus real? And, you know, what am I following? And so I began to look into it for myself for the first time. I went on like a little alpha course and I began to read. The stories of Jesus' life in the Bible for myself for like the first time as a teenager, and I began to really follow Jesus, and I remember sitting in the back garden uh, the day before going back into year 11, into the final year of school, and I remember praying and saying to God, you know, God... I'm going into my last year at school. I may never see these friends again. You know, what you're like, I was a bit dramatic. <laughs> I mean, I still see Anthony now, but uh, I may never see these friends again. We all ended up in sixth form, but anyway, I may never see them again. My last year at school. Uh, so I remember praying, Lord, would you help me this year to share you with my friends? Would you do something this year that they would get to know you for themselves or experience you? And as I go back into this year, yes, I got my exams. Yes, I got coursework. Yes, I got everything else. But would you help me this year and do something with me this year? And then, you know, next day back into school. And then within a couple of weeks, uh, some of you will heard the story when we were talking about Alpha a little while ago. I was chatting with Flick on MSN Messenger, the social media of the day uh, after school. And we were chatting back and forth and she asked me, oh, you know, what did you do on the weekend or something like that? And I said, "How I, you know, I played football on the Saturday and then Sunday, you know, I went along to our church meeting and then she asked me, oh, so what church do you go to? And we were chatting back and forth and it turned out that Flick had been going on a bit of a question and an adventure and asking questions about faith and what did she believe herself. And we were just about to start an alpha course, which kind of explores, you know, the big questions of life, and who is Jesus and the Christian faith, and we're halfway through one at the moment, or two weeks in, and so I said, well, why, you know, do you want to come along with me? And so Flick and another friend from school, they came along, and uh, after the, you know, during the course, Flick decided that she wanted to put her faith in Jesus, and she became a follower of Jesus, and for me, this was like amazing, because going through school, I felt like very often that you were kind of like the only Christian in your class or in the school, and now suddenly there was another one, and it was fantastic. And then as the year went on, later on towards the summer, we had the idea, well, some of Flick's friends had been asking her questions, so we thought, why don't we put on an alpha for all of our friends? And so during the summer holidays, we put on an alpha, and we invited all our friends, and 12 of them came along. We did it all through the summer holidays, and it was just an amazing experience. And uh, Beth, as many of you know, was on that Alpha course, and she gave her life to Jesus, and obviously she led worship for us this morning. And so for me, that year, going into that year, which is, should be defined by like, you know, exams and the course and things, but it was just the best, for one of the best years of my life, where God did some amazing things, right where, you know, school, I mean, it was the summer holidays, I didn't want to go back to school, but God wants to meet us in our lives and take us on some fresh adventures, and he does amazing things, now, even as I'm saying this, some of you might have an idea of maybe a little adventure that you feel that God is prompting you or calling you about. Perhaps there's been something on your mind, something you've been thinking about doing, something that the Holy Spirit's spoken to you about, or something you're about to do anyway, and you're just about to step into it. Maybe you're getting baptized in two weeks' time. I know many of you, we chatted last week, and that's really exciting, and to, you know, to respond to Jesus in that way and to share your faith with everyone. That's amazing. Maybe you've been coming along to Alpha for the first time, or you've invited a friend for the first time. Maybe you're here today, and you're exploring faith for yourself. Maybe this is the first time you've been, or you're watching online, and you've got your own questions and your own journey, and that's such a fantastic place to be, to come and find out for yourself, and look into it and discover. Maybe you've been thinking about some of the things we've talked about this year so far, uh, do you remember Sarah shared at the beginning of the year this kind of like vision for the year that she felt God wanted us to focus again on these things, community, mission, and miracles. And maybe us, we've been unpacking this, some of the things that have been shared. Maybe you've been inspired to think, yeah, do you know I would. I really want to do that. And maybe in this season you can kind of make that a priority, maybe thinking about sharing your faith. Or inviting someone along. Maybe you thinking, oh, I'd like to invite someone to the picnic. Well, go for it this week. Or to the men's football or to the ladies' night or to something else. Maybe you've been thinking, do you know what? I'd really like to start praying for my colleagues at work. Whether even just, you know, before when I'm driving in, to be praying for the people I work with. That God would bless them. That they would know his love. That he would encourage them. And that he would use me and that I would have opportunities to share my faith or to pray for them. Or to strengthen them or encourage them. Maybe you've heard our stories that we've been sharing about praying for people to be healed and how so often we've seen people healed when we pray and you think, do you know what, I'd like to step into that. I'd love to pray for people to be healed and see people in my family or in my workplace or when I'm out and about in Tesco and I come across someone that I can pray for them and see God heal because God heals today because of what Jesus has done. Maybe it was Julian's talk a few weeks ago where he talked about tithing and our giving and you think, do you know what, I'd actually like to, honor God with my finances in this way and make make this a practice in my life and take steps in towards that or learning to, you know, new ways of being generous and things of that nature. Maybe you think about being community together and how church is more than a meeting, but it's our life together. And you think, you know what, I really want to make sure I get those things in my diary. I really want to get along to the ladies' weekend this year or the men's weekend so I can get to know people. Or I'm going to make sure that I'm going to be there. Maybe you've been watching online for a little while, and you've been thinking, do you know what? I'd like to go in person. Well, let me invite you. Come in person and come and see us, and come and meet us. That'd be fantastic. Maybe you've noticed, this is a long list, isn't it? So something for everyone, hopefully. Maybe you've noticed how on Sundays, we've been seeing so many new people, and people exploring and coming along, maybe for the first time or for a few weeks, and you're really, really welcome, and I'm glad you're here. And maybe you've spotted someone as well, and you think, do you know what? I'm going to go over, and I'm going to say hello. I'm going to introduce myself, or I'm going to invite someone that I've met over for a meal or out for a coffee. Let me give them my number. Let's make it happen. Maybe you're thinking about stepping out and doing that. Or maybe you've had none of these ideas, and maybe this is a brand new thought for you that there might be something new. Well, either way, in this next season, I really feel that God wants to say he's got a new adventure for you, and it's going to bring joy, excitement, and new purpose. And do you find that when someone invites you on an adventure, there's kind of two parts to it, isn't there? The first part is just that you get to hang out together, and you get to know each other, and make memories, and chat, and be together, and that's fun in itself. And then the second part is you actually, you get to do something. Maybe you try something new. Maybe you learn something. Maybe you go somewhere new, and there's that exciting part as well. And I think Jesus wants to bring these two things into our experience in this season. So the first part is just about being together. And God's heart is to draw close to us and for us to draw close to him. There was this one time when Jesus uh, was, he had this whole crowd of followers. And out of the crowd of followers, he was going to choose 12 of them to be like his core team that we know as the 12 disciples. And uh, it describes this in Mark 3, kind of how he, put them together. Oh, let's have a look. Next one. And it says this, Jesus chose 12 and called them apostles. That means sent ones. He wanted them to be with him and he wanted to send them out to preach. So you see how the first part, as Jesus calls his team, is he wanted them to be with him. He wanted them to come close. He wanted to spend time with them. He wanted them to be with him. And this is God's call to each one of us today. This is God's call to you. He wants to draw close to you. He wants to be with you, to help you, to strengthen you, to be alongside you. You may, might remember at the start of the year, Sarah gave this word from Isaiah, which she felt God had given us for the year. And she talked about how it was this promise that we would go forth with joy and with peace. And then she felt this wanted to be our experience this year, that whatever our circumstance or situations, that God wanted to bring to us a gift of his joy and his peace, and that we would walk forward wherever we are in joy and in peace. And uh, she said how the foundation of that is in our daily walk with Jesus and allowing the Holy Spirit to fill our lives and refresh us with his presence daily. Now, the Holy Spirit is the way that we can experience and know God in our lives. In uh, Ephesians, a book that Paul wrote to a church in the New Testament times, he says, Now, all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. And when we choose to follow Jesus and we welcome him into our lives and begin that relationship with God, the Holy Spirit fills our lives, fills our hearts and brings us alive to God in our lives. In another letter, Paul put it this way. He said, Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you've been made right with God. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. For his Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And so the Holy Spirit comes to live in our lives. He makes us our spirit's alive to God he brings us the gift of eternal life and he assures us of who we are that we are God's children that we belong to him and that he's drawn close to us and so every follower of Jesus has the holy spirit living within them and also in the new testament it describes being filled with the holy spirit or baptized in the holy spirit and going on being filled with the spirit in ephesians uh, the other book that Paul wrote, I quoted from earlier, he said this, for example, he said, don't be drunk on wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this word filled is like an ongoing word. You know, like if I said, oh, I need to charge my phone or go and charge your phone. You know that like you charge it once, but you're going to need to charge it again, isn't it? You know, you know what it means. And Paul is saying you to be filled with the Spirit, not just once, but to keep ongoing being filled with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit connects us to God He brings the good things of God into our lives and through our lives, the gifts of the Spirit, God's patience, His kindness, His love, His joy, His self control. Have you ever been in a situation where someone's testing your patience and you've got to have grace for someone? You've got to have grace for that person at work who, you know, hasn't done what they were supposed to or hasn't turned up again. And you've got to have grace for them and patience and forgive them and show kindness and understanding. And it's a choice. And sometimes it can be hard, but the Holy Spirit empowers us in our daily lives to live like Jesus and to show his love in these different ways. He brings us courage when we've got to step forward and share our faith or stand up in a situation, or stand up in a moment of integrity. He empowers us with courage and boldness, and he moves in power when we want to pray for someone to be healed, or we need guidance and we ask God to speak us, or we're helping a friend and we need wisdom. The Holy Spirit brings these things into our lives, and we're invited to ask him for more and more to be filled every day. There's this wonderful verse, the beginning of that Isaiah uh, passage, where it says, come, All who are thirsty, come to the waters, and even if you have no money, come, buy, and eat. It's free, and it's there, and it's for each one of us. And so maybe this morning, as you think about what kind of adventure might Jesus be calling me to at this time, maybe it's just simply to make room for more of the Holy Spirit in our lives, just by simply making that time to ask him. It could be in the morning. It could be before we go to sleep. It could be while we're in the car. It could be any moment to carve out that time, which can so easily be crowded out, but to just, like that verse says, Lord, I hear you calling me, and my answer is I am coming. Holy Spirit, would you come and fill me? I need your peace. This is a stressful time. Or I need your joy, because this has been really tough, and I need a fresh experience of your joy Oh, I need wisdom for this situation. Or would you give me courage for when I've got to speak to my colleague tomorrow about something that they've done? Or will you empower me with your presence so when I go and pray for my friend that they would be healed as I pray? So maybe that's the first thing. Now, the second part of an adventure is, you know, you've got to spend time with someone and then you actually get to do something together. You learn, you grow, you discover. And so in this season, I want to encourage us, This is a really spiritual point, okay, to adopt the mindset of Mr. Incredible. Now, when I was a kid, the Incredible series came out, if you can remember, okay? And the other superhero show I used to watch as a kid, this going way back into the 90s, okay, if you can cast your minds back, some of you weren't even born then, but um, was The New Adventures of Superman, Lois and Clark. Does anyone remember this program? Saturday morning, live and kicking, do you remember that? Now then... This is the thing I remember about this particular Superman is he obviously he has all his superpowers, isn't it? But he'd be like going about, you know, working in the Daily Planet. I was going to say typing up his, uh, but probably, I don't know if they were on a computer. They probably were. Anyway, <laughs> writing out his articles, and then suddenly he would kind of like hear a, a voice, isn't it? And he was like. If someone was crying out for help or something in the, in the nearby area, Superman would hear it with his super hearing, and then he would, you know, go into that box and spin around. He'd become Superman, and he'd go and, like, save the day. And he was always hearing people's cries for help and always responding to different stuff that was going on. Are you with me? Okay? Now, the difference, okay, with Mr. Incredible is he wasn't kind of, like, responding to things in that nature, but he would go into his car, and he had one of those, he'd got one of those police radio scanners. Do you remember this? In the start of it, if you've seen it. And uh, he'd be tuning in to the police, and he would be trying to listen for uh, people that needed help. But he was looking, always, Superman was responding, but Mr. Incredible was actively looking for situations where he could use his gifts, and he could get involved, and he could go and rescue and save the day. And I feel like um, this is a, a little kind of an idea for us to think about. Now, when we look at Jesus. Many times, we see how he was responding to people who presented themselves to him in different ways, like the time when the man with leprosy ran to him and said, Jesus, you know, will you heal me? Or when a crowd, someone in the crowd would shout out with a question, or when Jairus comes up and says, Jesus, my daughter is sick, will you come and help? And people interrupted Jesus, and he responded in the moment to situations, didn't he? And then other times, we see how Jesus would take himself away from the crowds and the people, and he would spend time in prayer, and he would seek God, and he would ask God. He would be asking the Father, what are the things you're calling me to do? Who are the people that need reaching? Uh, you know, what, what do you want me to do tomorrow, I imagine you'd be saying. And he would go out, and he would deliberately pray and seek, and then go often to far out places or to people on the margins, people they may not otherwise come across, in search of people who needed a rescue. Think of the lame man at the uh, pool of Bethesda, or the woman at the well out in Samaria all on her own, or Zacchaeus hiding up in the tree, and he would go out seeking and searching deliberately, not just always responding, but with intention. And one time when the crowds asked him, what was he doing? Why was he kind of doing this and meeting with people like this? He said, for the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. And so Jesus was always on the lookout. He was proactive, proactive, asking the father to show him where to go and who to see. He was thinking about how can I bring God's purposes, his forgiveness, his rescue in the world around him as I bring that with me. In the same way, Jesus says to us, seek the kingdom of God above all else, to seek it out in our daily lives, to be thinking about the ways that God's purposes, his goodness, his love, his forgiveness, his healing, his welcome, how can these be lived out and made known and experienced in real ways In our daily lives, where we are, where we've been placed, where we go to work, where we go to uni or where we go to school or on our street, on our road, with our family, with our neighbours, Jesus is saying to us, "Be, be active, be on the lookout, be scanning in because I've got adventures for you. I've got things I want you to do. There's people in your circle that I see and I know they're asking me questions, they're searching, they need help and I'm sending you there. You are my witness there. And so let's be thinking about it. Let's be asking ourselves that question. How can I be bringing the love and the goodness of God into this place where I live, into this situation, and praying and asking God, asking him to show us, asking him to open doors and to be a part of where we are day in, day out. Jesus says, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And so in this season, as we come into the summer, let's be ready to knock on God's door. Say, who, you know, what what is it that you've got for me? What adventure have you got for me? What what can you do through me? I welcome you, I welcome you, Holy Spirit. Let's see it, let's do it, let's make it happen. I'm excited, I'm up for the adventure. Let's see you do some great things where I am. Okay, let's have a little look at one example. Uh, to kind of give us an idea, and um, and then I'll pray. How does that sound? So, in the book of Luke, which is one of the records of Jesus' life, he talks about, right at the beginning, about a man called Simeon. And Simeon lived in the capital city, Jerusalem. And this is what we get. This is what Luke records about him. He says this. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout, and he was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And so we see Simeon, who's probably an older man. He loved God, and he was pursuing God and his purposes, you know, in his daily day life, and he was living with expectation. And then it says this, on a particular day, it says, that day the Spirit led him to the temple. And so he's prompted by the Holy Spirit. He gets this sense that he should go to the temple, and so he heads down. Now, also on that day, Joseph and Mary were also on their way to the temple because eight days earlier, Jesus had been born, and the custom then was on the eighth day, they would go to the temple, they would give thanks to God, they would dedicate the baby, and there were some things to do. And so they were on their way to the temple as well. And so it says this, So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the Lord required, Simeon was there. I love that. Simeon was there. He was there. There was an adventure for him. He was in the moment. And next it says this, how Simeon takes Jesus into his arms and begins to pray over him. And he has these prophetic words over Jesus' life. It says this, Simeon took the child in his arms, and he praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace. As you have promised, I have seen your salvation, which you prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him, and then Simeon blessed them. And he has some other words for Mary as well, but we'll save that for another time. So this is the, this is the story. This is the encounter. Now, on the one hand, that seems like quite a small event, doesn't it, in the grand scheme of Jesus' life? But at the same time, we see how this was a really significant and a big moment Now, obviously, for Simeon, this is a big deal. He's a little bit dramatic. Now, let your servant die in peace. It's like me in year 10. I may never see these friends again, you know. But uh, it speaks here how this was almost like a life fulfilled. In this moment, it was like the purpose. Have you ever done something and you feel like, wow, I felt really purposeful doing that or being here or seeing this? And this is what it was like for Simeon. Have you ever thought about, oh, I'd love to see this in my lifetime? I can't believe that Wales got to the World Cup in my lifetime. I mean, we did rubbish, but we were there. (laughs) But even more important, Simeon, he's like, wow, this has happened in my lifetime. Now I could die in peace. And what God promised me has taken place. It's like the pearl of great price lived out in Simeon's life. But not just for Simeon. This was really important for Mary and Joseph as well, because... When you think of Mary and Joseph, you know, they just give them, Jesus has been born a week earlier, isn't it? And we know in the story, you know, there was no room for them in the inn. They have to put Jesus in the manger. And we don't really know why that was. Was it just that it was full and the house there was full and so they ended up there? Or were they being kind of ostracized a little bit? Was there, you know, because of the circumstances of Jesus' birth, were they, you know, was family there not really getting around them and supporting them? We don't really know. Or were they just really tired? Like a week after Jesus being born, maybe he wasn't sleeping very well. Maybe, you know, they were wrecked and they were shattered. And I was thinking about, you know, our little boy, it was a year, a couple of weeks ago, isn't it? And, you know, in the first few weeks, we had loads of help. Our small group were dropping around meals. Your parents came down, you know, and you got nappies and running water and clothes and pseudocrem and, you know, health visitors popping in. Like imagine giving birth back then in a town you've just arrived in with maybe no family about. They were probably exhausted. And so they turn up exhausted. You know, what, where, what's going on? And Simeon speaks into their lives and, uh, and um, you know says they were amazed. So Simeon, what's going on here? Some tips for us. Number one, we say Simeon was walking with God in his daily life. It says the Holy Spirit was upon him. He was making room for what God wanted to do, and he was open, and he was living with an expectancy. He knew there was a promise. He knew God had spoken to him about an adventure, and he was ready and waiting for it to happen. And so then the second thing was when he felt prompted by the Spirit, he responded. Imagine he thought, oh, maybe I'll go to the temple tomorrow. The sun, oh, it's really nice outside. I was gonna put the laundry out. But no, he went to the temple that day and he responded. And when he does, he has this encounter with Joseph and Mary. And as it says, Jesus' parents were amazed about what was being said. And he spoke life into them, which would have made a huge difference. I remember when I was at uni, hearing a friend from um, a story from a friend of mine who went along to another church, the one I did, and uh, he was saying how he um, had heard about how we can pray and we can listen to God and God speaks to us in our lives today and uh, how we can share that with others to encourage them as we often do in small group and other things. And uh, he felt prompted to, to give this a try and to, to begin to learn and, and to discover about it. And he said that uh, one day he was sat outside um, a coffee shop. It was nice weather like it was yesterday. And there was a guy busking uh, in the, like the little square in kind of Exeter um, in the town center. And as he was just having his coffee, he felt the Holy Spirit prompt him to encourage the guy who was busking. And just as he was sat there, he prayed, said, oh, Lord, you know, what, what might you want to say? And he just felt simply that God might want to encourage him, uh, that he, God had gifted him with this musical talent, uh, which he was enjoying, and uh, that God wanted to use, use that gift to serve God. And she so was like, oh, okay. She so was you know, a little bit nervous. Didn't know this guy. Hadn't really done this much before. And so he waited till he'd finished his set. He went up and put some change in the, um, you know, in the, what's it called? The case. And then he said, oh, before you play your next song, you know, I might you know this sounds strange, but, you know, I'm a Christian and, you know, I believe that God speaks just as a And that's what I was listening to. I felt God, you know, share a little something he wanted to encourage you with. Can I share it with you? And the, the guy says, okay, sure. And so he shared it with him. Now it turns out that the guy who was busking—some um, of you may know him or know of him—if anyone here remembers Johnny Edwards, who was a student with us about like eight years ago—well, it was Johnny's older brother, uh, Rich, who went to the church that I go to. He was—I went to. He was a professional musician, and he had just been asked, you know, in the days before, if he would consider coming and joining the worship team and helping to lead the worship. And he was a bit unsure about like, whether he was the right person to do it. And he was a bit kind of unsure about you know, whether to say yes. And if he, had the, you know, he was a brilliant musician, but whether he had the confidence to kind of lead worship. And so this you know, guy comes and says, you know, God's given you this gift. And I want to encourage you. God wants you to use it to serve him. Isn't that amazing? And so he went on. He joined the worship team. And he, was, you know, he did a fantastic job. And he's a brilliant worship leader. And he's a really nice guy. So if you happen to listen, Rich, hello. So isn't that fantastic? So maybe... This might be an adventure God might take you on. Okay, finally, number three. We see in this little passage here how God is all about real relationships with us and partnering with us to bring his goodness into the world. So here, Simeon shares about Jesus' Jesus's destiny. Just a baby, but what's before him. And he says, I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light, to reveal God to the nations, that Jesus came into our world so we could see what God is like, just like our kid spot, (laughs) and who God is, that God is love, and God loves people, and God loves you, and you are important to him, so much so that he would come into our world, our broken world, as a baby, to grow up to be a man, to share the love of God, to bring his kindness, his healing, his transformation into our lives, and even to go all the way and suffer the brutality of humanity himself when he was arrested and put on trial illegally and sentenced to death, even though he was innocent. And God himself, in the man Jesus, experienced crucifixion on that cross, for he had done nothing wrong but he did that to take upon himself all the wrongs of humanity, all the things that we say or do or think wrong. When Jesus died, he died for them. And and that night he was put into a tomb. He was buried. Three days later, because Jesus is God who came in the world to rescue us, he came back to life again. Fully God, fully man, beating death on our behalf. So now for each and every one of us, When we welcome God into our lives, he forgives us for the things we've done wrong. He gives us relationship with God today and he's won for us eternal life. That death is not the end because of what Jesus has done, because Jesus conquered death. And 40 days later, Jesus returned to heaven where he lives now and is alive now. When we put our trust in him, when we die, there's a promise and assurance that that's where we will go as well that death is not the end. And one day, Jesus promises he's gonna return to our world and all the brokenness of our world, he wants to heal and wants to restore and heaven and earth will be one again and it will be amazing. But until that day, as he lives in us, he says to us, I want you to bring the goodness and the love that I have for your world, I wanna use you to bring that into the world now with the people that you meet and the people that you know and the people that you rub shoulders with. I love them, and I want them to know I love them. And just like I sent my son Jesus into the world so you would know it, I'm sending you into your workplace or that bus or your school so that people may know that I love them through you. And he's partnering with us. Isn't that amazing? And even in this very moment here where Jesus himself has coming into the world, the most crucial part of God's plan, he's still involving and partnering with ordinary people to make it happen. And right here, Simeon is playing his part. And he wasn't a particularly famous person, you may not have ever heard of Simeon before. If you go to your school nativity, there may be 30 shepherds and a whole class of sheep, and maybe even the Christmas octopus. But you'll never see Simeon in the school nativity. But here he is playing his part. And just as he played his part, God has a part for you to play. He says this, we are God's masterpiece and he's created us new in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And so let me encourage you to be ready for some new adventures because God has good plans for you right now, this season. So let's see what God does through us. And if you're here today, and for you, like the first step of a new adventure is actually to say, do you know what? I don't know if I've said yes to Jesus in my life, and all that you just said about God loving me and wanting to be a part of my life, and actually, I just, I just want that. Well, then I'm going to pray for you, and you could say yes to that right now, and you could begin that whole adventure of knowing Jesus and experiencing him in your life today. So let me pray for you, and you can pray along with me. You could say something like this, Jesus... I thank you that you love me. And that you came into this world so I could know you. Thank you that you gave your life for me on the cross. And that you came back to life so that I can have the gift of heaven and eternity. Would you come into my life now? I want to begin a friendship and an adventure with you. Forgive me for the things I've done wrong and help me to discover these plans and purposes that you promise that you have for me. I wanna do life with you. Amen. Let me pray for all of us. Father, I thank you for every single person here and watching online. I thank you that you love them and that they are important to you. And I thank you that you love our world and the world that we live in here in Swansea and beyond. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, to empower us with your love and with your power that we may do some of these adventures with you and see you reach our community with your love. In the name of Jesus, amen.